0: What's happening, Black Healing Matters family? It's another episode of the Black Healing Matters podcast where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. And on this Doing the Right Things Thursday, I have an interview, interview for you that was one of my absolute favorite interviews of 2017. And of course, this interview was with the legendary Jay-Z, Sean Carter. And what I like about this interview and what I think is so profound about it is the level of transparency and authenticity that he offers in talking about some of the most sensitive subjects that a person can reveal about themselves. Everything from how he experiences racism to the mistakes that he's made in his relationships with Kanye, with his wife, infidelity, parenting, um, and, and just the healing and personal growth journey that he has been on. And so, I think that that makes this particular interview truly profound. And if you have heard this interview before, I encourage you to listen to it again. If you haven't yet heard this 30 some 33 minute interview, it is absolutely worth it to listen to the entire thing. So, On that note, I hope you enjoy this interview with Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, as he goes into detail about some of the most uh, sensitive topics that a black man can talk about in America, okay? As always, Black Healing Matters family, call in, let me know what you think of this interview. If you enjoy it as I did, if you have, you know, if you didn't enjoy it, that's okay too. I am totally open. Again, you can reach me by calling in if you're here on the Anchor Nation or joining our Facebook group as well as SoundCloud and YouTube. And on that note, stay blessed, stay tuned. Black killing matters.
1: Okay, they're in the elevator.
2: Nice to meet you. I know I'm Dean. Nice to meet you. Man. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, You get you always have a lot of cameras around, you know. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm the what one. I'm the one who's not used to it. Have a seat. Thanks for coming. too.: First, welcome. Um, it's, Thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, Thank you. The things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you a little bit about race. Mm-hmm. Um, your music, some too. I thought the song Talking to O.J. Uh was particularly powerful. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I took the message as you can be rich, you can be poor, you're still black. Mm -hmm. Um, Who were you speaking to? Who did you want to listen to that and be moved by it?
3: It, It's a nuanced song. You know, it's like, um, I'm specifically speaking to us and about who we are. And how do you maintain the sense of self while pushing it forward and uh, and holding us to have a responsibility for our actions? Mm -hmm. Because in America, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And there's a solution for us. If we had a power base together, it would be a much different conversation than me having a. Conversation by myself, and trying mm-hmm. to change America by myself. Mm-hmm. If I come with 40 million people, mm-hmm. it's a different conversation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's just how it works. I can affect change and get whomever in office because this many people,
1: mm-hmm.
3: we're all on the same page, right. right? Right. So it's a conversation. It's like I'm not rich. I'm O.J. For us to get in that space and then disconnect from the culture, right? that's how it starts right this is what happens and then you know what happened you're on your own and you see how that turned out okay that's why (laughs) that that's the line yeah yeah the pregnant pause it's like okay
2: was it a reminder Mm -hmm. too that the thing oj forgot maybe is that as rich as he was as as entitled as his life was he was reminded very forcefully when he became a subject of a racial debate that he was also a black man, whether he accepted that or not.
3: That's right. Was it also that message? Yes, absolutely. And for us, like I'm saying, to speak to that point is don't forget that because that's really not the goal. The goal is not to be successful and famous. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that's not the goal. The goal is if you have a specific God-given ability it's to live your life out through that, Right. one. And two, we have a responsibility to push the conversation forward until we're all equal mm-hmm. until we're all equal in this place because until everyone's free no one's free and right. that's just right. that's just the fact
2: when you are as amazingly successful as you are
3: your kids will live
2: in a very different world from the mm-hmm. world you grew up in how do you go about making sure that they understand the world you grew up in
3: there's a there's a delicate balance to that right because you have to educate your children on the world as it exists today and how it got to that space. But my child doesn't need the same tools that I needed growing up. Mm-hmm. I needed certain tools to survive my area that my child doesn't need, They're growing up in a different environment. Mm-hmm. But also they have to know their history and have a sense of, of what it took to get to this place and have compassion for others. The right. most important thing, I think, out of all this, is to teach compassion and to identify with everyone's struggle mm-hmm. and to know these people made these sacrifices for us to, to be where we are and to push that forward for us. I believe that's the most important thing to show them because... They don't have to know things that I right. knew growing up, like being tough. Like, Do you worry at all that
2: as much as you will teach them history, and as much as you yourself is seen as an important figure among black people in America, that there's something they'll be missing? Or do you think that's silly, in fact, that they have so many advantages that that's like too yeah, negative a way of approaching?
3: Exactly. It? Like, it's, they'll be who they are, mm-hmm. right? And it's just certain tools that you what hope for your child to have, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, fairness and compassion and, like, empathy and a loving heart. And those things translate in any environment. Those are the main base things that you want. Well, for me, I would want my child to have,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, to treat people as they are, no mm-hmm. matter who they are, mm-hmm. no matter where they sit in the world. Not to like, be super nice to someone who has a high position or mean to someone who they deem to be below them. I can't buy you love, I can't show it to you. Mm-hmm. I can show you affection and I can, you know, I can express love, but I can't put it in your hand. Right. I can't put compassion in your hand. I can't show you that. Right. So the most beautiful things are things that are invisible. That's where the important things lie. Yeah.
2: For me as a black man of a certain age, when I was a kid, O.J. Simpson was God. I'm 61, so I was a little kid when he was... Do you expect black people and white people and young people and old people to hear different things in your music? I'm sure I heard some things Mm
3: -hmm.
2: in that song that you may not even have thought of because I'm a different generation. What do you want a young white kid to hear in that song that maybe a young black kid would not hear?
3: That's a great question. I, um, I think when you make music, you want people to hear it and hear different things, and then you want it to start a dialogue mm-hmm. because that's how we get to understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me, oh, you felt that way about it. This is actually what I meant because this happened and these things happened and led to me saying this specific thing.
2: How did you react when, when, when the, in the, that one line in that song where you refer to, to Jews and wealth, some people got upset? Yeah. How did you feel about that?
3: I felt it was really hypocritical. Only because, I mean, it's obvious the song is like, you want to be rich, do what people who got rich done. Of course, it's a general statement, right? It's it's obviously a general statement. Like the video attached to it was a general statement. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have a problem with the general statement I made about black people and people eating watermelon and things like that, if that was fine and that line about wealth bothered you, then that's very hypocritical Mm -hmm. and, you know... That's something within yourself. Because right. basically I was saying, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James is a great basketball player. He trains in the off season. If you want to be great, train in the off season like him. That's basically the statement. Right. You can't miss the context of the song. Right. You have to be like uh, five years old or something.
2: Some people think that the election of Donald Trump has revived the debate of race in America. Yeah. Some people think that in fact, there's always been racism in America, it's yeah. that it hasn't changed and that the debate isn't any different. It's just people are paying attention to it.
3: Yeah, there was a think? great Kanye West line in one of the songs. He said, uh, racism's still alive. They just be concealing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Take a step back. I think when Donald Sterling got kicked out of the NBA, I thought it was a misstep. Hmm. Because when you kick someone out, of course, he, he's done wrong, right? Um, But you also send everyone else back in hiding. Hmm. People talk like that. Mm -hmm. They talk like that. Let's deal with that. And I wouldn't just like leave him alone. I don't have that solution. There should have been some sort of penalties. He could have lost some draft picks. But getting rid of him just made everyone else go back into hiding. Mm -hmm. Now we can't have the the dialogue. Mm -hmm. The great thing about Donald Trump being president is now we're forced to have the dialogue. And now we're having the conversation on a large scale. Mm -hmm. He's, like, provided the platform for us to have the conversation. And you think that's better, that we should be having the conversation? Absolutely. That's that's why
2: this is happening. Do you think the debate over race in America is happening in a healthy way?
3: Well, an ideal way is to have a president that says, I'm open to the dialogue and fixing this. Mm -hmm. That's ideal, Mm -hmm. but it's still... Happening in a good way because you can't have a solution until you start dealing with the problem. What you reveal, you heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? If if I have like a tumor and I don't, I ignore it doesn't mean it goes away. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I have to diagnose it first. No matter how it happens, if I get hit with a football and like, oh, I feel something there, and then I go to the doctor, it still happened. Right? You know what I'm saying? So. However it happens, and we just get hit with a lot of football, right, right. to use an analogy that right. goes next to the NFL. Yeah.
2: If you were owner, you would sign Colin Kaepernick, right?
3: Yeah, I dedicated the story of O.J. to him that's at a right. Meadows concert. Have you met him? Uh, no, we just had dialogue over the oh, that's phone.
2: We told him we'd get, get together. Do you have any doubt that if this night had happened, he would be signed by a team? Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you think basketball is more politically active than football players?
3: Yeah. And why? Why is that? I think, uh, first of all, it's smaller numbers It's 12 people on a team. In football, you have 53 people. So it's harder to get 53 people thinking the same thing. It's easier to have a conversation to get 12 people on the same page for one. Two, they have a great commissioner who's mm-hmm. really open and, and mm-hmm. you know, supports them. Mm-hmm. And you feel that. Like, you feel that, like, you know, when you have a, someone behind you that really believe in what's right, it, it, it motivates you to do the right thing. I think those two factors um, show why they're much further along. Yeah.
2: Are there incidents even at this stage in your life, so you're famous, you're rich, you own stuff, where you run into racism that's evident to you, that's easy to recognize at Uh, this stage of your life?
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it, it mostly comes when you try to challenge the status quo. I'm being quiet and entertaining. Everyone's cool. Ah, oh, man, it's great. You don't feel racism. Mm-hmm. But when you try to challenge the club, it's like, right. oh no, we should have a seat at this, to use the Solange album title. Right. We should have a seat right. at this table. And uh, then it gets into a space where it's like, wait. You guys are mad at me about the same thing you guys are doing, and it's, right. it's just it gets into a weird space. Are you
2: in meetings now in your business
3: life mm-hmm. where you're the only black man in the room? Well, Wait. when I was doing the Nets, I was definitely the only black guy. in and the room. And what was that like? Describe that. It, uh, it was it was um it's strange, but at the same time, I think that I think that in that room, uh, my celebrity allowed me a voice that probably would have been awkward for someone in my position being the only black person in the room to break through. This album
2: sounds to me like a therapy session. It's yeah, in yeah. a sense. Have you been in therapy? Yeah, yeah. First off, how does Jay-Z find a therapist? Not in the phone book, right? No, dude, you find- great
3: friends of mine. You mm-hmm. know, friends of mine who've been through a lot and, you know, come out on the other side as like whole individuals. And- what was that like being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked about? Talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. Mm-hmm. Every emotion is connected and it comes from, a, from somewhere. And just being aware of it, being mm-hmm. aware of it in everyday life mm-hmm. puts you at, it such a, you're at such an advantage. You know, mm-hmm. you realize that, you know, if someone's racist to you. It's not even about you. It ain't about mm-hmm. you. It's about their upbringing and what happened to them and how they le- led them to this point. Mm-hmm. You know, most bullies bully. Mm-hmm. It's happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got bullied the kids, so you're trying to bully me. I understand. Right. And once I understand that, instead of reacting to that with anger, I can mm-hmm. provide a softer landing. Mm-hmm. and maybe, oh, man, is you okay? Mm-hmm. I was just saying, there was a lot of fights in our neighborhood that started with, what you looking at? Why you looking at me? You looking at me? And then you realize, oh, you... Oh, you think I see you. Mm-hmm. You're in a space where you're hurting, and you think I see you, so you don't want me to look at you. And you don't want you me to I see, see you pain. in such a bone... You don't want me to see your pain. You don't... Right. So you put on this shell of this tough person that's really willing to fight me and possibly kill me because I looked at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like So knowing that and understanding that changes life completely.
2: Was that a a moment that came from
3: therapy? Yeah, just realizing that, oh my goodness, these young men coming from these they're just in pain. Mm -hmm. You got to survive. So, you go into mm-hmm. survival mode. And when you go into survival mode, what happened? You mm-hmm. shut down. Right. You shut down all emotions. Right. So, even with women, you got shut down emotionally. So, you can't connect. And then now all things happen from there infidelity. You can't connect the others, because you, exactly. you can't connect because of the way you feel about yourself, you mean? Yes. In my case, like it's, it was it's deep.
2: Right. You've taught you've bared your soul so much, not only in this album. And I mean, you can sort of see the evolution of a person in your music. Part of me would think, oh my God, I gotta talk about my marriage. I gotta talk about my mother. I gotta talk about my other ancestors. Part of me would think that would make me nuts. Does it make you nuts? Or do you feel like the heart of your art and storytelling is, is to tell the story of your life?
3: That's who I am. And, and I've done it from the beginning of my career. Two things, you know, one, no one knew the characters, so it, it wasn't as impactful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and two, it wasn't coming from a place that was as evolved. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult, you know? It's hard, it's hard mm-hmm. to hear songs back, it's hard to perform songs, but um, I feel it's the most important work that I've done, and I'm very proud of it. And the, the effect that it's having on people. And mm-hmm. even like the studio sessions, right. you know, we were having four hour conversations after playing one song. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about people that was around me, just my mm-hmm. friends. I learned
1: mm-hmm.
3: things about them that I didn't know. That right. In 20 year relationship, just from this one song. So I right. know we have that sort of impact beyond myself. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility as an artist to, mm-hmm. to go to these places. Did
2: your wife's own confessional album, which came out first, make it so that you had to be even extra confessional? I mean, in other words, it would have been hard after her album,
3: which talk frankly about yeah, yeah, you guys to like have an album to come out that would about be about some frivolous anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it actually started out we were working on material together,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it and it became um, uh, Lemonade. Yeah. You know, she then she went off and did her, her thing. And it was like, it just felt like uh, she should go first and she should share her, her, her truths with the world. So it, it wasn't based on, uh, I have to say something because of this album, it wasn't even like that. It just really honest. But you probably couldn't have gotten away with, okay, you do the album,
2: wife, that talks about our pain. I'm gonna go do an album that talks about, you
3: know, my love of you know, you just You never know. Right. Well, I yeah. think it turned out for the best. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, but you just never know because people like to be entertained. Again, back to our president. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you would <laughs> think, man, after the composed manner at which Obama stood at that podium, the dignity he brought to that place that this couldn't exist, but it does.
2: Do you have any disappointments in Obama? There are people who say the expectations of him as the first black president were so great. He was supposed yeah. to get rid of racism yeah. and
3: fix everything.
2: Yeah. Is that unfair? Do you think, did, yes, he live up to your, did he live up to all of your expectations?
3: Yes, because all he can do is the best he can do. He's mm-hmm. not a superhero. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to place unfulfillable expectations on this man just mm-hmm. because of his color. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing the opposite. It's, it's like what do you think is gonna happen? He's, he's there for eight years, mm-hmm. and he has to undo what 43 presidents have done
1: mm-hmm.
3: in eight years. Mm-hmm. It's not fair.
2: What do you think of the state of, I'm not gonna say just black leadership, leadership period, on the things you care about in the country? Who do you like look at and say, this man or woman I speaks think, uh, for the things uh, I care about?
3: It's gonna be funny. But I find it funny, but my, my leadership, I like Dave Chappelle's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna vote for Dave Chappelle yeah. for president?
3: Because yeah. he tells it in humor so you can deal with it, but it's always a, a, a nice chunk of truth in there.
2: Is there a part of you because you have a certain amount of money that gets a little more conservative, or does having money not change your politics?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, no, because I'm not, I believe in people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I want what's best for people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I love people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't. I don't have that sort of thing. Like I want a Republican just to <laughs> save more money. Right. That's not the end game. It's not about who got more money right. and who got more houses. Right. Yes, you know, you've earned it. Buy what you want. Right.
1: You
3: right. know, but don't forget what's important. Without right. people and being rich, would be very boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one to share with, <laughs> no one to have. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you just be a rich yeah. person, one person on the planet, just yeah. like.
2: Yeah. Well, then what do you do? When I heard this latest album, and then I thought about the earlier albums, one theme is sort of reaching the promised land. You know, you've acquired influence, and not just money, but you have, your life is good. And then when you listen to the newest album, you're thinking, he must
3: have been in a lot of pain. When life was good, absolutely. Was that true? Yeah, I did listen to a song called "Song Cry,"
1: mm-hmm.
3: and the the idea of the hook—never seen it coming down my eyes—but I got to make the song cry. It tells mm-hmm. you right there what I was—I was hiding.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the strongest thing a man can do is cry, mm-hmm. to expose your feelings, to be vulnerable in front of the mm-hmm. world. That's real strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you got to be this guarded person. It's not real. Mm-hmm. It's fake. Mm-hmm. Does that mean
2: you were? unhappy during that period and didn't have a handle on it or or
3: what well you can compartmentalize right so you can be you can be inside your body and, and be happy but at the core of it something else is going on right
2: as a you know parent I thought one of the most painful scene or a line or whatever in the album was when you are talking about having almost lost your marriage and you talk about what it would have been like to watch another man play football with your kid. I thought that is like, given that you have talked so much about your life and your music, are there things that you put a wall around? I'm not gonna talk about that. You've talked about the pain of growing up where you grew up, how you Mm -hmm. grew up, you know, your father leaving early, the pain of your marriage, being in therapy. Are there things you say, I'm not going there?
3: Yeah, and it mostly involves other people, because when other people are involved, you have to also, you may be ready to expose these things. And there's certain parts of, you know, it's also other people's truth as well. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is my mom.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask and, you about that. Did I didn't have
3: permission to do that song first. So just like we had a beautiful conversation. When did you realize your mother was gay? Uh, really early on. when we Like when as a was, little kid? Not, no, 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 let's say call it teenage years. So you realized
2: it and talked to her about it? (laughs)